The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. LinkedIn presents. Maybe you didn't do the thing today because life got in the way. Our days won't always go to plan, and in fact, they rarely do. We face disappointments, heartbreaks, hardships, and loss. As difficult as these difficulties can be, we wouldn't want our days to be friction-free. It's in the tensions and the problems and the mistakes that we learn, and I think that's one of the most important things about being alive. Hey everyone, this is The Next Big Idea Daily, and I'm your host, Michael Kovnett. It's Friday, so did you do that thing this week? You know what I mean, that work thing you were supposed to do, that family thing you said you'd take care of, that exercise thing you promised yourself you'd do? If you're like me, you have a long list of things to do, and you're probably stressed out about getting them all done. Well, author, blogger, and podcaster Madeline Doerr is here to tell you to relax. In her new book, I Didn't Do the Thing Today, Letting Go of Productivity Guilt, Madeline shares the result of the years she spent trying to be super productive and the happiness she achieved when she stopped trying. Here's Madeline to share some ideas from the book. Take productivity off its pedestal. Maybe you didn't do the thing today because productivity is too narrow a lens for our days. There's nothing inherently wrong with being productive. We all need to get things done. But when we conflate productivity with our sense of self-worth, we never quite measure up. Rather than making us better, this doing obsession can leave us feeling overwhelmed, burnt out, dissatisfied, inadequate, and even alone. Productivity tells us to live sequentially, but our days rarely unfold in perfect order. Not only does each day vary, but we vary within them. So we can't expect to recreate someone else's recipe for being productive when we don't have the same ingredients. Instead, we need to honour that we're constantly shifting, creating and recreating ourselves. If productivity narrows our days... I think it's creativity that expands them. Creativity doesn't follow a plan, but it has its own ebb and flow. Instead of confining a day to doing, it enlivens us to the many ways that we can do it differently. With this in mind, creativity is a much more vibrant, expansive, rewarding measure for our days than the rigidity of productivity. The big idea here is that you don't need to be a creative to live a creative life. We all have access to this innately human trait. It's present in the way that we get to know ourselves, express ourselves, question what we believe in, discover what we want. Creativity is in how we live our lives. The surest way to squander time is to worry about wasting it. Maybe you didn't do the thing today because the thing simply wasn't ready yet. We are imperfect and we're bound to waste time. We put things off, we become distracted, we chit-chat too long with a colleague, but we also judge how we spend our time rather harshly. We're quick to label preparation as procrastination and easily overlook that things take the time that they take. Some days we may only spend an hour doing the thing, 
but it can take all day to set ourselves up for that one potent, rich hour. The time we spend thinking about doing the work can be a necessary part of the process of doing it. Perhaps we need to shift away from this idea of managing and maximizing our time and instead try to reduce our worry about wasting it. We don't have to view every moment we don't spend the way we expected to as a waste. We can simply appreciate the part it played. One approach to reduce what I call wasted time worry is to remember that time cannot be wasted in advance. It's a sentiment that I borrowed from Arnold Bennett, who says that you can turn over a new leaf every hour if you choose. So you've spent a few hours worrying rather than beginning something. Turn over a new leaf. So you got stuck in traffic and you're late to an event. Turn over a new leaf. So you slept through your already overly ambitious alarm. Turn over a new leaf and step into the day. And another note about wasted time worry is that perhaps we do well to remember that the time we enjoyed wasting is not wasted time. There is no such thing as the right decision. Maybe you didn't do the thing today because you were caught in the standstill of indecision. Sometimes we can become stifled because we don't know whether we're making the right call or we find ourselves forever comparing choices. We can easily overlook that our indecision is a decision. While it's important to gather information, when we're stuck in the standstill, we're suspended, we're in limbo, and sometimes our opportunities pass us by. So I think the big idea here for facing indecision is to recognize that we can make a choice and it doesn't actually have to be the right one because there is no such thing. We don't know where our decisions will lead us because we connect the dots looking back And even then, it's only the faintest outlines that we can actually see of our prior decisions. Whether it's the people we come to love or the friendships we cultivate or the career paths or interests that we pursue, most of the things that give our lives meaning we never saw coming. As I remember hearing from a 90-year-old woman named Margaret, you can't arrange life, it happens around you. We are more likely to do the thing if we enjoy doing it. Maybe you didn't do the thing today because you simply didn't want to. Maybe it was too difficult. Maybe it was too daunting. Maybe it was too dull. (laughs) With dread as the starting point, no wonder we put something off. But luckily, I think the antidote is what I call delightful discipline, putting fascination, curiosity, and enjoyment in place of punishing rules. It sounds simple, but we're far more likely to find motivation and sustain momentum if we enjoy doing something. Even the difficult things, we can find a way to enjoy them. We can make them easier. We can make them smaller. We can make them more fun. One example of delightful discipline is what I call the eat the clotted cream method. It's a spin on the eat the frog method popularized by the author Brian Tracy, which if you're not familiar, suggests doing our most dreaded task first. So it's out of the way. And that's a great approach for a productive day. But for many of us, beginning our day with dread can make it hard to get out of bed. So my eat the clotted cream is all about putting the highlight and the delight first It was inspired by my conversation with a farmer who started his day with a dollop of clotted cream on his porridge. But your clotted cream can be anything. It can be a delicious breakfast, but it also can be a walk, a moment of solitude, time doing a creative pursuit. 
The point is that if we begin by feeling like the day can't get any better than this, then we'll likely bring a mood that proves it can. Learning is the only thing that never fails. Maybe you didn't do the thing today because life got in the way. Our days won't always go to plan, and in fact, they rarely do. We face disappointments, heartbreaks, hardships, and loss. As difficult as these difficulties can be, we wouldn't want our days to be friction-free. It's in the tensions and the problems and the mistakes that we learn, and I think that's one of the most important things about being alive, to find something to be curious about, to learn something. It's what can bring shimmer back to our days. As the novelist T.H. White wrote, the best thing for being sad is to learn something that's the only thing that never fails. The wonderful thing about learning is that it expands. Interest begets interest. And it doesn't have to cost us a thing. We can learn from our conversations, the problems we need to solve, our failures, our successes, the risks that we take. We can learn from growing older, from rejection, from discovering new things. I think most importantly, the biggest idea is the curiosity to learn is how we can find the extraordinary in the ordinary. We so often overlook the mundane or want to rid it from our days. We multitask, we outsource, we optimize, we turn to life hacks. We project this shimmering version of our lives to other people. But if we're curious about the ordinary moments and appreciate the small mundane things, if we tend to them, if we get the good out of every bit of them, what a life will create for ourselves. Thank you, Madeline. Okay, I guess I'll take a look at my to-do list and see what I can let go of. Mm, I feel better just thinking about it. But one thing that's staying on my list is pulling together fresh new ideas from the best nonfiction authors out there and turning them into audio insights you can use to make your life better. I'll have more for you on Monday, but if you want a hit of wisdom sooner, just download the Next Big Idea app from your app store and you'll find a lot of great stuff. This week's episodes were written and produced by me, Michael Kovnat, and edited by Caleb Bissinger. The Next Big Idea Daily is a proud part of the LinkedIn Podcast Network. We'll see you next week.